Hello and welcome to the PhD Life Raft podcast. I'm Emma Brzezinski and today I am talking to the wonderful Nathan Ryder from Viva Survivor. We're talking about preparing for your Viva. We talk about the importance of rehearsal um, and imagining yourself in that Viva space. And Nathan has this brilliant suggestion of creating a limited edition Viva version of your thesis. Um, And I get very excited about stationery. So I do hope you enjoy this episode. Nathan. Hello. Hi, Emma. It's good to be back. Uh, Yes. See, back, back. We were just talking about this, that um, (laughs) you were one of the first set of guests on the on the podcast which now is 18 months ago Um, and um, it is super lovely to come because you just published a book and so it was like a brilliant opportunity for you to come back and talk about that but it is lovely to talk to you again because it was a brilliant episode and if people haven't heard that one they can go I'll put the link in the show notes so they can go back and see that um and what we won't do because we usually get people to tell us their stories but because you've already told your story um we thought we could um have the story towards this new brilliant book called keep going so can you tell us about how that came about yeah I, I I'm going to try not to keep saying, well, on the last, when I said this on the last one, <laughs> um, but I, I'm really interested in the Viva and in helping people to get ready for their Viva. And as part of that, I write and publish a daily blog called Viva Survivors. And I started that in April, 2017. So uh, before then, I'd used Viva Survivors as a space to host a podcast, but I just found that I didn't have the time to interview people and to do things alongside um, like my other work. But um, I thought it'd be really interesting to try and write and publish something every day, um, something like you know a tip for the Viva or something about expectations or confidence. And I decided to do it every day, modeling it on um modeling it on somebody called Seth Godin. We talked about him in the last we podcast did. a little bit. He's and amazing. again, again, people go and Google Seth Godin. His surname's G-O-D-I-N. Um, and I was inspired because he publishes a daily blog. And so I thought, well, you know, maybe, maybe I'll be able to get do this for a couple of months. Maybe after a couple of months, I'll have kind of worked out all my little ideas and pet theories and tips and things. And after a couple of months, um, instead what happened was that I was hooked. And so I just kept doing it and I got a bit more organized in terms of like keeping track of ideas and in terms of promoting it, in terms of in terms of like looking ahead. So um I remember when I had published a year's worth of posts, and then it was two years and three years, a thousand posts, and and when it was, I suppose, maybe about a year ago, I realised, gosh, you know, April 2022, I'll have, I'll have been publishing this for five years. Mm. Uh, maybe 
maybe there's something I could do. And, and so that's really where Keep Going came from. Uh, I wanted to look at, I think it would be, maybe like not what's the best of these 1,800 posts that would be published by that point, but but what are some of the ones that I think really stand out and what are some of the ones that I think have been particularly helpful or there's a nice idea there or, or something that, that resonates, something that I think either resonates with me because I wrote it and I think, oh, that's, that's quite nice, or something that I thought could be really helpful. And so about a year ago probably now, um, I started thinking, well, how would I do this? And um, and then that started a six-month journey to, to publishing a book. Amazing. And this is so this so first of all, I just want to give a shout out to your podcast because you've st- people can still access that, can't they? They can they can, they can yeah. so, and we'll have the links to the in the show notes to all this material because it's just amazing material and respect to the daily blog. Also to note that this could be brilliant in terms of PhD process, in terms of that kind of daily blogging, daily reflections could be a very useful tool um but this this sense of you drawing on for this book you're drawing on interviews that you've done with lots of people your podcasts your training sessions that you do with people so there's this kind of this wealth of information that you reflect on in your blog posts um and now in now in the book yeah i mean in, in truth really it started off as um I suppose like a, a lot of writers, whether they're writing about research or about a particular topic or they're writing about themselves or, or whatever it is, it's um, it's difficult to get it right first time. You know, it's difficult to sort of, and, and I'm sure there might be people here listening who are presenters in some way or they present their research. And you know, when you stand up to speak and you're like, you have like five points that you want to make and three of them go really well and two of them you think, oh, there must be a better way of making that point or there must be a, a neater way of, of spelling that out for the listener or for the reader. And, and that's what the blog has been for me. It's um, I'm very happy that so many people subscribe to it and I've so many people have read it over the years, but um, it's a huge benefit to the work that I do because mm. I can, I can see times when, when I've been presenting and like a light bulb goes on and I can also see in the audience I mean and I can see for myself you know I'll be I'll be I'll I'll realize like some little idea some little way of phrasing something um gets across and sometimes I see that when I'm presenting and sometimes I see it in the writing and I think then I can write something and publish it and get a little response and then I can go and present and see that it is connecting and see a bigger response so there's been a for me a really nice feedback cycle between um being a facilitator being a presenter and and also writing for the blog you know these things go hand in hand yeah yeah and as i say i think a brilliant model for people who are you know starting to put their research out in the world um and get and getting yeah. feedback on that and a way of connecting with the community of people as well yeah. um but i want to now grill you on the particular topic of um getting ready for the vivag of course that that's within this book there's, there's lots and lots of information and I, what i love is you give very practical information um as well as as well as motivational inf- information um 
so getting ready, preparing for the Viva, that build up to the Viva. Talk to us about that and and um, what's going on, how how we can do that. Yeah, I think a, a starting point for any anybody. So for anyone who's listening, maybe maybe you've not hit submission yet, or maybe you've just hit submission, or whenever you listen to this. If your vibe is in your future, I think it's a good idea to plan your prep. Mm. And there might be people around you who say, oh, you know, submit your thesis and and then and then just do something every day. Or maybe you have friends who've said, oh, submit your thesis and then wait until a week before and do this or that. And I know that that would be well-intentioned, but I think it's a really good idea. If you know how busy you are, if you know what responsibilities you have, then just look ahead and imagine yourself doing the work a little bit. Mm. Don't just mm. don't just wait for the time to come. Look ahead and think, okay, if I have a job or if I'm looking for work or if I have family or kids or responsibilities, how would I make time to do this? Because Viva Prep isn't like a full-time job that takes over from the other PhD stuff. It's it's really just a little bit of work it really is a little bit of work that fits in around all the other stuff that you have to do but if you already have a lot of stuff to do it can feel a bit overwhelming to take something else on so my suggestion would be you know viva prep is probably going to be between 20 and 30 hours of work for any candidate based on the size of their thesis or how how ready they feel so if you imagine that you've got 20 or 30 hours of work to fit in amongst your daily life, then just think, are you going to do 30 minutes to an hour a day most days? Or will it be helpful to you to be a little bit more pressured? Some people thrive on pressure. I'm not mm. one of those people. Mm. I'm, I'm mm. really organized. I like to do stuff way in advance. But if you feel like your time, if you, if you sort of figure out for yourself what you need, then you can sketch out how you would get that work done. You know, do you start a month before? Do you start two weeks before and sketch out? And then, in, and then in terms of that work, um, you know, the, the the common sense advice in some respects, it, in many ways really is what gets it done. You know, you do need to read your thesis, but you probably don't need to obsess about it. You just need to read it and make sure that your memory of it is is accurate you know that you have a good picture of the flow of information um it might help to read a couple of papers that really stand out to you it might help to look at some of your examiners work to get a sense of who they are and where they're coming from um Mm -hmm. there's a lot i could say in terms of annotating your thesis you know going through or writing summaries but um i think a really good thing to make time for even if it's scary even if you feel a bit nervous thinking about it um is to rehearse, you know, very simply have something like a mock viva, give a presentation, uh, give a seminar and take questions, or even even sit down with friends over coffee and just just describe your work to them. You know, describe why it matters. Tell them about how you did it and what the result of all that was. Just as a starting point, and then see what questions come from that. See what kind of discussion you have. Because I think while a lot of other advice about Viva Prep is is generally helpful, you know, but in terms of reading or making notes or writing summaries and so on, um, 
none of that kind of work really gets at the heart of what someone will do in the Viva. In the Viva, you have to talk. You have to respond to questions. Yes. You have to you have to participate in that. And, and whilst reading and so on can load up all of this information, uh, making notes can can sort of direct you. You have to have some confidence that you're going to be able to do that in the Viva. To you have to have confidence you're going to be able to speak. Mm, mm, yes, absolutely. Yes, so that you're kind of. Of course, I'm a drama specialist, so I love this idea of rehearsing and just kind of being having a kind of embodied practice ready to go that you've actually heard yourself talk about the things and you can listen and, and refine as you're as you are working that through um, in practice. I think that's brilliant. And I, I think even just what you were saying there, I think a lot of people kind of go to submission, don't they? You think about submission. And then, and then it's finished. But actually, it's thinking beyond that to, you know, the viva and the preparation that that needs. Um, and so, I love what you're saying there in terms of planning it out for yourself, realistically planning it out for yourself in terms of what else is going on in your in your life yeah. and what you might, how you might best function. Um, like you're saying, terms of doing a bit every day or doing it all yeah. in because I just thought it's even just talking about it then I I mean I'm thinking back to the book again so like I think sometimes with um with the PhD and with sort of submission and preparation the Bible sometimes sometimes people go the other direction and think like oh I've if I've done all this work then you know I, I I must be good I must be ready and you know people I think I think a candidate can feel confident at submission that they've done what mm. they're supposed to you know otherwise they wouldn't really have got that far but but the flip side of that is that the viva is a very particular challenge yes you know so there, there has to be a period of preparation like with the book like I had written by the time I was sort of editing things you know I had written 1800 posts but then I sort of had to comb through them and figure out which ones I wanted to include and then had to organize them in some way and then one of the things I realized was that some of these posts were like the point was good, but it wasn't quite right for a book, you know, in the same way that some people, I can imagine people listening might be writing papers and then including them in their thesis and realizing, well, that, that works for a paper, but it doesn't work for a chapter. Mm. And in the same way, when you get to submission, you know, you're, you're ready, but there's a very particular challenge in the Viva. So you constantly Mm. have to keep, I suppose you have to constantly have to keep uh, evolving what you do, I guess. You know, you have to sort of move between these different stages and realise that you are good. When you when you submit, you're good. When you get prepared, you're ready. When you get to the viva, you're taking all that stuff with you to that particular challenge. Yes, and, and what I love about in the book, you've got some really practical tips, like of imagining yourself in the Viva room, like what sort of room is it going to be, and and how how will you be in there? Do when might you need a break? Like kind of really thinking practically through what it's going to be like to be in that Viva situation, yeah. and preparing what you might need there. Um, that you know, remembering to take there might not be anything to you know anywhere to get something to eat, so take something with you. You need your water. You need to, to think about um, 
you know, if you need to put in anything in advance to say, you know, because some people do need to eat regularly. And if you're in a three hour viva, you need to think about taking comfort breaks and things. Um, so I love that sort of very practical thing of, like you say, this is the viva is a very particular kind of experience and you want to sort of think it through in an embodied way before you, before you get there. Yeah. Um, and you also said, cause I, 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 now I'm, now I'm intrigued because you said I, there's lots of things I could say about annotation. Tell us about annotation and how you might annotate your, <laughs> annotate your, um, five your um thesis before before you get into that five yeah okay um well i think one of the real benefits let me restart that there's i think there's two benefits to annotating your thesis and and before i get to those let me just say because i'm really surprised sometimes that people don't know this right um but you can take and you really should take your thesis with you to the viva oh yes your examiners do not expect you to have memorized 200 pages and all of that stuff take your thesis with you um and that said the thesis you take to the viva doesn't have to be exactly the thesis that you've submitted you can sit down with a big range of stationery and make it better for the viva think of it as like a limited edition one-of-a-kind copy that's for you it's it's there to support you. Like these two hundred pages of of information and questions and and solutions or you know insight, whatever you found is all good. But in the Viva, I think really you need to have a thesis that is easy to navigate and that also is clear. You know, clear for the purposes that you have. So if you can do things that make your thesis. Um, you can make things easier to find by um, by indexing the start of chapters or important sections. You could do that with bookmarks. You could do it with post-it notes sticking out. Um, that's great. You know, it won't save a lot of time in the Viva, but it might save, um, let's say, a little bit of friction, a little bit of stress of thinking, where, where is this? Where is that? You know, if you really need to look for something. Oh, yes, um, yes, yes. And see, I... I always looking for an opportunity to go stationary shopping and like you say this is what an opportunity because you can like you say you could color code it if there are particular themes that are coming up you might have the color coding post-it notes that you kind of go okay right well I know that theme is going to be red and then I can you know if the questions come up on there I I know that, that that's where that theme comes up and that's where that quote is so yes to the stationary I love this idea about limited edition as well how cool is that yeah the other side of it is like so one thing is making things easier easier to find but the other is i suppose making things easy to see at a glance Mm -hmm. so that if you're looking at a page if you see something underlined in red it's probably a good idea just to limit yourself to one thing you know when you're when you're annotating your thesis if you let's say you want to um, make typos clear then maybe underline those in red but only underline typos in red. So afterwards, there's no, there's no thinking. Oh, is that is that a typo or is that I'm emphasizing something? Right, right. You know, if you want to emphasize something, uh, use a highlighter. If you want to emphasize something, then make a little arrow to the margin where you can write a short note. But sort of be really clear and consistent when you're doing that. And, and I think one of the things that I I hit on, I think even just in the last couple of months in the the webinars that I do was just realizing that 
annotation can be an open-ended sort of project. Like, I, like I really lo- loved the way you were sort of the joy that I heard that Emma was like, yes, go out and get all the stationery. Oh, yes. And, and that's good. Um, and at the same time, if you sit down with just all the stationery and just, just start going for it, it could be a really long time, right. you know, sat down right. annotating your thesis. Whereas I think if you uh, make a to-do list, like what are the things you need to add to this limited edition? So maybe you need to, maybe you need to find a way to emphasize where the typos are. Maybe you want to highlight in some way uh, the papers or the quotes that are really useful. So that's like one column, like the things that you need to do. And then in a second column, just um, just think of one way to do that. You know, so how, you know, typos are going to be underlined in red. Uh, key references are going to be highlighted in green. Key quotes are going to be highlighted in orange and so on. And just have this really simple, mm. finite list. Because otherwise... You could sit down every day between submission and the viva with a pen mm. and just add something else. There'll always be something. Yes. It probably won't be something you need. You know, think about what those needs are first and then work to address them. I love that. I love that. And know that everybody has typos. That I think we also need to say that, right? <laughs> yes, everybody <laughs> people are, does. People are always horrified. It's like, oh, there's all these typos. Everyone has them. And that's okay. You can just acknowledge them. That's all that needs to happen. And then they can be put yeah. right. It's not a problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it really, it really isn't a problem. And it is it is so common. It's so common for people to have typos. Yeah. 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 Um I also love the, the sense of this kind of active reading in terms of pre- preparing that you kind of, if you've got your highlighter pens out and stationery, because I'm not going to let go of that, Nathan. I love the stationery. You're not going <laughs> to get rid of it. Um, but you could, you, um, it, it is a kind of an active, there's something you can be actively doing because that, that, that moment can be very tricky, can't it, between submission and Viva and very anxiety provoking. And actually, if you've got something you can get on with, practically get on with, it's, um, it gives you something to really focus on. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I like that you picked up on that that aspect of it being active there, because I think because I've been working in this area for a long time. I've been doing Viber stuff for over 12 years now. And early wow. on, I found it really tricky to engage people. I'd say, like, you, you need to read your thesis and make notes. And they were like, well, why? Why do I need to do that? And, and the thing that I hit on eventually was sort of saying, between submission and the Viva, you don't have a lot of work to do, but you're probably going to be doing it of an evening after work mm. when you're tired mm. and you know if all you're doing is reading it's there's a real chance there that you could just slip into it being a passive thing right that you just right. turn the pages while you're having a cup of coffee whereas if you're annotating your thesis you're always engaged you're always active with it mm. you have to be really thinking about what's there and, and what you're trying to make of your thesis i i think it's a really good as much as I was emphasizing rehearsal before, annotation is just as essential as part of prep. Love it. I love it. Um, rehearsal, annotation, stationary. Here's the three. <laughs> That's it. You've got it. We've, 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 we've solved live prep. <laughs> That's it. That's all you need to know, people. Um, now then. There's so much good stuff in there, and there's there's also loads of brilliant tips in the book. But I'm just I'm going to press you because I always do with people yeah. to um, finish with a top tip or some top tips yeah. for people who are who are 
doing that thing now and preparing for their viva yeah uh can i be very cheeky and insert one little thing here that i feel i have to do for anyone who does look at the book um is uh, i have to say thank you again to maria stoyan who did the cover because if you've ever been to viva survivors you'll notice it's a very plain looking site and I wanted something quite special for the cover. And Maria uh, really delivered. She really delivered an amazing cover. I just saw her art online one day and, and reached out to her. And she was just very enthusiastic. And I really, really created something that showed, you know, researchers of all kinds at work and really embracing the idea of keeping going. So um, so I have, to, I have to include that before we finish. But we love, um, we love a shout out here. And shout out to Maria. Thank you for, yeah, for bringing joy. Bringing joy to Viva preparation. That's what we want. But in terms of top tips, or a a top tip, um, I was thinking about this because you sort of primed me by email before. We've we've talked a lot about prep and there's a lot of really practical, you know, sit down and do this with your thesis prep. I think my top tip would um, would be aimed towards confidence. And, And it would really be towards getting people to reflect on how they've got this far and in terms of something practical to do with that i encourage every anyone with their vibe coming up to first of all just think of three successes you've had in your phd uh you know whether that is um you know winning a poster prize or getting a round of applause after a talk or just like a really good meeting or a result something that worked out think of those things and then ask yourself why that happened. Ask yourself why that happened. Um, because it, however you phrase that, I think the root is always in the work that someone's put in. It really is the work, it is the knowledge that you built up for yourself. It is the talent, if you want to call it that, like the capability of that person. You know, that's, you don't just find a result you don't just have a good meeting you make that happen you know think about the contribution in your thesis you know i imagine all of you anyone who's listening with the viva coming up you've written a thesis and it's this many pages or this many chapters and these many good bits you know focus in on the things that make up that contribution um whether it's part of your method whether it's the result or the questions you ask afterwards uh, and then again, ask yourself why. Ask yourself why that contribution exists. And when whatever words you find for that, again, it's rooted in the simple fact that you did that. You made this happen. And if you've done that, then you're going to be able to succeed in the Viva too. So gorgeous. So gorgeous. You made it happen. Um, amazing. Thank you so much, Nathan. Thank you for all the work that you are doing. Um, I know it is so many people have found it useful already, and I hope more people now are finding finding this and will come across to you and say we'll have all the details in the show notes. Thank you so much um, for being here today. Oh, you're welcome. Again, it was lovely to be invited back. So thanks, yeah, well, So now, so now we'll, we'll see you again in 18 months' time. <laughs> I'll check in again in a while. I'll see if I can write another book. <laughs> Please do. Please do. Um, thank you so much. And thank you all for listening. 